Welcome, friends and family. This is episode 11 of Our Big Table. The content in this episode was recorded as we in the United States were becoming more generally aware of the COVID-19 situation around the world. For example, the Golden Chair Award for this episode was given out before the local school district closed and Archer and Ava started doing school at home. It was before my work asked employees to work from home. I've been working at home ever since. Speaking of work, when we were choosing topics, we decided to focus on work, in particular jobs that teenagers could do. So Sarah and I called my Aunt Dixie and Uncle Ron to ask about the jobs that they had when they were teenagers. Thus, this episode includes that interview. It was interesting to hear Ron and Dixie talk about their childhood jobs and get their thoughts on work for young people. When I was 15, I started working for Ron and Dixie in the summers, and I really appreciated the opportunity to make money in the summer so that I could save money for college and missionary work. Oh, and, you know, have some money to spend when I was in high school. That was a different time, and there wasn't a pandemic disrupting our economy. It's hard to anticipate what kinds of jobs will be available to Archer this summer, given that so many people are unemployed in our country, and many of the types of jobs that would otherwise be available to teenagers are at businesses like movie theaters, amusement parks, car washes, and restaurants. You know, the kind of businesses that are either not open or that are only open in a limited way. I hope there's still some chances for young people to work this summer. For the 20 questions segment, three of Sarah's friends, Audie, Lexi, and Charlotte, were at our house, so we were all in a room together. This created some challenges for me in producing the audio since there were six people, many times all of them talking at once. But as I worked to turn down the volume on the laugh of Sarah and her friends, as well as reducing the crunching of chips and the crinkling of wrappers, It was wonderful to hear a group of friends together. We were all unconcerned about keeping space from one another, and now our big table seems empty without friends and family to gather around it. I hope you enjoy this episode, and there's still plenty of room at our big table. Welcome, everybody. We're going to play 20 Questions. Now, today at our big table, we have some guests, so we're going to go around the room and let everybody introduce themselves in just a minute. But before we do that, I have to warn everyone listening that our guests are eating Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos. (laughs) We have to stop. We have to stop crunching so much because the the crunching makes it not sound good for people listening. The crunching makes it sound even better. And uh, Doritos is not sponsoring our podcast, so we don't want to overdo the advertising for Doritos. So hopefully you guys can um, crunch less. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Maybe everybody could eat a few chips. And then stop and then eating. Stop. That would be ideal. We already okay. finished the okay, bag. Just come. No, Archer just took the bag. Okay, so let's go around the room. Audie, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Audie. I'm 13 years old. Are you? I have... <laughs> Really? I have three dogs and six cats, and I have a ferret, too. I also have a lot of fish and snakes and turtles. Audie, you're oh, talking. And, and dra- wait, and dra- You have a dragon? Yeah. A dragon? It's I ca- want it's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moto dragon. Wait, Audie, you're talking. After describing myself so much, the FBI is going to go look for me. Look for you and all your all your accomplices, oh. your animal accomplices. Can I introduce myself? Yes. Audie, no. you're like talking out the side of the mic. Because like, I'm part of the Illumin Audie. Yes. True. Okay, hi, my name is Sarah. Uh, I'm new on this podcast. I am 13 Are you also 13? Oh. years old. <laughs> okay, Lexi. Hi, I'm like Lexi. Sakes. I'm 13. No, she's I have sakes. a very boring life. Same. I don't have any pets. <laughs> you have a dog. No, I take care of your dog. dog. What I mean is I don't have 50 pets like Audie. And Charlotte? I'm Charlotte. I'm from New Mexico. Charlotte I'm a very rare find. Yes. You we can have, we've only found a wild ones. New yeah. Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I am. I'm a wild New Mexican. Thank you. I know that Adi has been Sarah's friend for a long time, and Adi lives near us. Our cats are actually from, from Adi. Yeah. Two of them. Well, two of our four cats are from Adi. Charlotte and Lexi, the two of you, Sarah didn't know you a year ago, 
So starting with Charlotte, tell us about how you ended up here going to Wildwood Middle School. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know this story better than you do. Your dad got promotion and yeah, he took Yeah, my and dad got a new job here. and he stole us and moved us to... <laughs> <laughs> I do not recommend it. <laughs> no, he just took us to Missouri because we had to move. And then, then I started going to Wildwood Middle School. And yes. everybody was really nice to me. So thanks for being nice. You're welcome. That's right. Okay, and Lexi, you also recently started going to Wildwood Middle School. Well, okay, so we're living in a small house with five people, technically six if you count my dog, and only three bedrooms. So then my parents were like, yeah, we're all space, let's move. And they found a house 45 minutes away, and we moved. You mean 45 minutes away from where you'd lived before? Yeah. Okay, got it. So you were I lived in my house my whole life. I, I Yes. Good for you. I've lived you in a house born in my your whole home. life. You have never had Lexi, to experience you, the Lexi, pain and suffering of Lexi, moving. Audie, what about the times we've been yes. at school? You weren't living at your house never then, mind. Huh? <laughs> I've been living at the school. So I think, let's see, when I was four or five years old is when I moved to a house in Ohio that I stayed in until I left for college. So I guess that's kind of like Archer because when we first moved here to Missouri, Archer was in kindergarten huh. and he's been here ever since. And Sarah was born in Texas, but she's probably, she barely remembers that. So she's been most of her life here in Missouri, too. Yes, I was born in Missouri. Stop talking out the side of your mouth. I can't, so what do you mean? Oh, you're like, like, I was born in Missouri. I was born in Missouri. I'm just making sure that Mike can hear me. All right, well, that's enough introduction, I think. Archer, do you have a clue for us? I do have a single clue for you. This is a living thing. A living it's <laughs> it was okay. me confirmed now remember this is either a person place or a thing so it is a living thing a place well, I mean, cannot be, be living well it's also not wait a can it be an animal so living thing. is that living so, yes a person isn't living there you go you're uh, he's giving us a clue a so okay it's not a person guys it's a in 20 questions typically you have to guess probably. if it's a person place or thing but archer gives us help he lets us know which that it is. So it's a thing and it's a living thing. So that's a great, great hint to start with. Okay, Sarah, why don't you ask the first question? Okay. Does this thing live inside? Usually it doesn't. No. Like in our houses and stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't It doesn't live inside of a house. Answer the question. <laughs> Not usually. It can, okay. though. All right, Lexi, you're next. Does it have four <laughs> legs? No, it does not have four legs. Okay. It's a bug, confirmed. Is it a mammal? No, this is not a mammal. What about birds? Birds are not mammals. Uh, I want to take another guess. Uh, My turn, though, Sarah. Okay, so I'm going to review what I know. It's living. Yes. It does not have four legs. It's not a mammal. So a bacteria, for example, would not have any legs. So I think what I'm going to ask is, does this living thing have bilateral symmetry? What? What does that mean? Um, <laughs> no, it does not means. have that. Okay. Confusion. Bilateral symmetry is when the organism is oh, it's approximately like symmetrical the same on the oh, okay. both sides. So, for example, a human does have bilateral symmetry. But they always say, no, but like, are what sisters, about <laughs> sisters, <laughs> not twins? That's true. Good point. No, my it's eyebrows are cousins. <laughs> well, if you groom them properly, then they're like twins. <laughs> Okay, Adi, it's a living thing that does not have bilateral symmetry. Okay, does it live in the ocean? This living thing does not live in the ocean. Oh, okay. man, I thought he was going to say yes. That's a good question, Adi. Okay. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> good question. It doesn't live in the ocean, and it doesn't or live houses. in a house. It doesn't live in a pineapple under the sea. We're at five questions, right? We have had five, yes. Can okay. this thing fly? This living thing cannot fly. Oh boy! We gotta ask it specific to questions. Walk. Butterfly. Hello? Yeah, but butterflies a... do have bilateral symmetry, so it's not a butterfly. Oh wait, I thought it was just symmetrical. Wait, I'm. Wait, what? Butterflies are symmetrical. I don't think it's an insect then, because pretty much all insects have bilateral symmetry. Gross. So do all mammals, and so do all crustaceans. What is it? A, a moth. Bacteria. Not a moth. What if it lives it in you? It could be a bacteria. Is it single cellular, multicellular? No, you have to be yes or no, though. Is it singular cellular? Is it singu- singular cellular? <laughs> this living thing is multicellular. 
You were on seven questions. Tardigrades? I don't know if tardigrades have bilateral symmetry. They do. They do? Yeah, they're like... What is that? Oh, yeah. They're the water bears. You know, the one in Mr. Oh, wait, no, you weren't... Oh, she yeah. wasn't there. Oh, yeah. There's funguses that are multicellular, like mushrooms. Well, also, any living thing could also include plants, and, like, trees aren't yeah, symmetrical. Yeah, that's a good point, and we did not rule that out. Trees, and it's yeah. also multicellular. You want to go for plants? What do you think, Charlotte? You're up. I'd say plants. Yeah. So, I don't really is know it, what the other is. Is it a type of plant? This living thing is in the kingdom of plants. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what if you're right? What if it is a leaf? That's what I was saying. Like, I think it's a leaf. Like, it could be a what tree. What kind of leaf? Okay, so this is a type of plant. Archer, does this plant have flowers? Yes, it has flowers. It's, oh, it's is not it an orchid leaf. because we have orchids. So it's not, it's not moss and it's not pine trees because they don't have flowers. So it's not a tree. <laughs> no, it could be a tree. Trees it could be flowers. a tree. Like dogwoods and cherry blossoms. Yeah. And oh, cherry blossoms up here. Yeah, trees have flowers. Yeah. Well, not well, all of them. Well, okay, that's a fair point. Not, um, not fern trees. Not pine trees. We don't know that it's a tree either. We just know that it has flowers. Okay, Adi? Is it a tree? This living thing is not a tree. Not a tree. <gasps> oh, it's... You are halfway through your questions. Everybody gets two more questions. It must, it, like, obviously, guys, it's a dandelion. Like, come on. Does it make fruit that's consumed by humans? This plant does not make fruit that is consumed by humans. Well, we know it's some sort of plant. It has flowers and it is not a tree. It doesn't usually live inside, and it doesn't live in the ocean. Yep. <laughs> we know that. And it does not make fruit that's eaten by humans. And it can't fly. <laughs> does that mean its seeds don't fly? Oh. Archer. But that's probably not the question we want to ask. Oh. Is raising your eyebrows mean a yes or no? Is it a flower? It does have flowers. Oh, you mean is it a like a an ornamental plant that like orchids? It's, oh, I bet, it it's it could, I bet it's it roses. I bet it's roses be because Valentine's Day. Uh -huh. Does it live in the desert? They are technically native to the Sonoran Desert, but 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 that's but. not what you think of when you think of this plant. So please don't think of a desert. Charlotte, it's your turn. This plant is natively from the Sonoran Desert, but Archer has kindly um, given us a little clue that we shouldn't focus on that. There are many different varieties of this plant, one of which is native to mm. the desert. But once again, you really shouldn't get attached to that. Is it flowers that grow on a bush? Yes, this plant is a rose form bush. of Come bush on, with flowers that grow on it. It's rose. It could be a rose bush. But because wait. Valentine's Day. Audie, it's your turn. Oh, wait, nope. no, it's Dad's turn. Never mind. Hmm. Uh -huh, just kidding. Okay, so how many questions have we had? You're up to 14. Is this an economically important plant? Or let me, let me phrase that differently. Do people make a significant amount of money? Uh, on this plant or using like this plant. Like a flower shop. I have no idea. It's Go not ahead. corn. You're saying in front it's of It's not something you not billions of dollars, but do people buy and sell? Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's not going to be dandelions. Is it a rose bush? It is, in fact, a rose bush. Woo! All right. Nice job. Good job, guys. Woo! I think Sarah mentioned it first. Yes. Yes. Valentine's Day was on Friday, and it's the day of love, and roses are... are red, violets are blue, my heart... Wait, no, that's wrong. My roses blues. are symbolic of love. How do you well, guys show your love? Do I you don't. give your dearest heart people, do you give them roses, or do you give them hugs, or how do you show your love? Valentine's Day is a holiday created by Hallmark just so that they get <laughs> Yes. Wait a minute, does Hallmark sell roses? No, Hall but their logo is, is? 
they don't think they sell roses. No, but their like logo is a rose, and their, their logo is, is like a rose, all, like love and stuff. And like, it, like on TV, Val- you've never seen a Hallmark movie. No, I just didn't think they sold roses. So. Valentine's oh, I don't think Day they- is just a Hallmark holiday meant to sell more cards. Interesting. There's no other reason for this holiday. Ah, what? No, it's a useless holiday. But there's no other thing, like perhaps a saint. Nope. Or something. Of course, like probably that. not. I don't think. Not that I know. Well, there's Saint Valentine. In Greek and Roman mythology, the goddess Aphrodite, she created roses. Oh, and interesting. It was a symbol of love. Got it. So Aphrodite, the goddess of love, is thought to have created roses, and so that's how roses became a symbol of love. Indeed. Ron and Dixie Winters are my uncle and aunt. So Dixie is my mom's sister, and when I was a teenager, I worked for Ron and Dixie during the summers. That was my first real job. They've had a lot of young people work for them over the years, but Sarah and I interviewed them about their own first jobs when they themselves were just kids. Sarah Archer and I have been doing a a podcast for a little while now, but we don't really have any particular theme. It's more just whatever we want to talk about. And so the topic that we want to do for this next episode will be on jobs that people have done when they're younger. In particular, what kind of jobs were available for teenagers over the years? Because currently, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of work for teenagers. And you've employed many teenagers in your time, so you seem like a good person to to kind of get your take on it. Yes, sir. Okay. What was the first job you had where you were employed by someone and you had to show up on time and so forth? The very first job I ever had was when I was 13 years old and I was a paper boy. I delivered newspapers in Peru, Indiana. Ron, did a lot of boys have paper routes? Was that a common job? Yes, it was very common. Now, I think even in town, they mail them now. I don't, I don't think there's any, any uh, same-day delivery anymore of the newspaper there in Peru. But uh, when I was a kid, that was how you got your newspaper. We'd uh, all meet at the newspaper office where the paper was printed after school, and you collected whatever number of papers you had. Mine was 97. I had 97 customers. Ooh. And uh, you had to take the papers and roll them all so you could put them in your bag. And then you just got on your bike and you rode down the sidewalk throwing newspapers on all the porches. It was a single newspaper route. Was it all the houses all in a row? Yeah, mine was uh, East 3rd Street in Peru. I had one of the longest routes in town. Most kids, it was eh, maybe 70 newspapers, but the street I had was extra long, so I had 97 customers. Sarah, have you ever heard of any of your friends delivering newspapers? No, we don't really get the newspaper that often anymore. Yeah, it's kind of going away, isn't it? Yeah, but I see a newspaper on like the place where we go for our vet, I saw a newspaper there one time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great, Ron? She's seen a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting older as we're talking here. That's fine. Yeah, she <laughs> saw a newspaper at the doctor's office once. No, the vet's office. The vet's one office time. once. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You bring me a newspaper right now, and I can still roll that thing up tight enough to throw it through a screen door. Because <laughs> I rolled a lot of newspapers in my day. Was that your objective, was to break screens? <laughs> um, I'll plead the fifth on that. I had a few customers that didn't like to pay on time, so I'll let you judge from that. <laughs> so did you get paid by the newspaper company? Yes. And I, to be honest, I don't remember exactly how much I made. I think it was it was something on the order of $5 a week, $6 a week, was something that, like that. Was that like a lot or... Back then, minimum wage might have been a little less than a dollar. Oh, a dollar. It took me, oh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to roll the newspapers. But once I got on my bike, it only took me about maybe 10 minutes to deliver them. So, 
you know, figure an hour every day after school. So it was basically like having a minimum wage job. Wow. You know, I remember people having newspaper routes when I was growing up. One time, someone even asked me to sub in for them when they were on vacation for a week. I remember it being really early in the morning. You were delivering them after school? Yeah. Uh, the paper in Peru was always an afternoon paper until about, I don't know, about 15 years ago is when they switched over uh, to a morning uh, newspaper. We don't even get it anymore. We used to, you know, they used to have country routes that people ran in their cars, but we quit getting the paper a long time ago because it just wasn't worth it. And go online and get your news in five minutes now. Did you also have to collect the money? Uh, yes, and I was terrible at it. I was a, I was a terrible paper boy, let's put it that way. I had bought a new trumpet, and I needed a job to help pay for it, and so that's why I did it, but uh, I didn't last very long. I, I, I moved on fairly soon after that. <laughs> what was the job that you had after that? Um, the next job I had was, how do I describe this? Um, uh, you know, every town has little mini-marts now, you know, where you can go in and get gas and run inside and I'll have milk and things like that. Um, there was a place in Peru called Thomas's Milk House. And I got a job working there when I was, I think maybe I was 15 when I started there. And it was, this was before there was anything called a mini-mart, but it's basically what it was. And what my job was, was somebody could pull in to get gas, and I had to put the gas in their car, and they could just give me their grocery list, and I'd go inside and get their groceries for them and bring them out, too, so they never even had to get out of their car if they didn't want to. You were 15 years old? I think. I might have been 14, but I think I probably turned 15 while I, while I was working there. And that was a crazy job, too, back then a gallon of milk. It, it looked like a gallon of milk looks now, but it wasn't a plastic jug. It was a glass jug. And uh, you had to be very careful with them because if you bumped them against anything, they'd break. And so usually we'd break about 15 gallons of milk every day trying, oh, trying to load groceries for people. So, But that was an interesting job. Got to meet a lot of people that way and learn how to pump gas and check oil and put water in the radiator and clean windshields. That, we did all that stuff for them. They just, all they had to do was sit there. And then when they were done, I'd take their money and go in and make change for them, bring their change out, and they were on their way. I think you have to have a valid driver's permit in order to be allowed to operate um, a gas pump now. Oh, well, there wasn't any rules like that back then. You know, nobody pumped their own gas back then. You didn't do that. Every gas station you went to, somebody came out and pumped your gas and Always checked your oil and the air in your tires and everything else while the while the you know the gas was filling. It does strike me as kind of strange that like Sarah, for example, she's thirteen, but if I asked her to go out and stand by the gas pump while I go in to use the bathroom at a gas station, in theory, um, we're violating some kind of law. I guess we think that thirteen-year-olds are not responsible enough to stand by a self-stopping gas pump. Well, as long as she puts her cigarette out first, she's fine. <laughs> See, it's very simple. Very simple. So I worked there for a while. Do you know how long you worked there? Oh, probably maybe about six months. I quit when the weather got cold. I didn't want to stand out in the rain and the snow doing it. So that was when I, I moved to Burger Chef, a restaurant, you know, a fast food restaurant after that. I worked at Burger Chef for quite a while then when I was in high school. So is Burger Chef... Making a dollar an hour. Is Burger Chef considered a step up from the uh, Quick Mart? Well, I was inside. <laughs> I didn't have to stand outside in the rain. So, so yeah, for me, that was a step up. Plus, I worked a lot more. I worked the manager of the restaurant liked me, and even during school, I worked 40 hours a week. I'd go right from school to the restaurant and work till closing. So I worked from like 4 to 11, 12 o'clock on weekends. Uh, and I did that for quite a while then. And that was a pretty good job back then. Dollar an hour. So I, I usually made about 40 bucks a week. And they took uh, $8 out, I remember, every week to pay for cleaning aprons and uniforms and stuff that you wore. So I took home $32. 
tax-free? Well, no, but uh, I I don't remember what the taxes were, but it wasn't a whole lot back then. How did you get your homework done? Uh, good question. Most of the time, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't the I wasn't the uh, in the top level of the class. Let's put it that way. What what finally made me quit though was I was working there so much that it got to be where I was just falling asleep in school all the time because mm. I wasn't getting enough enough rest. You know, uh, after a while, it just it caught up to me. I worked there quite a while. I worked there for a better part of a year, I think, before I finally gave up. But uh, I never could use that for an excuse for not doing my homework because I never did my homework anyway. So uh, that didn't factor in a whole lot there. What jobs do you think are available for teenagers these days? I mean, because there's no way that a 15-year-old kid could be hired at a gas station today. Uh, No. Well... The law says a 15-year-old can work, but they're not supposed to work after like 6 o'clock in the evening or something, and you can't use machinery. You know, there's all kinds of of child safety laws out there, but still the main the main job for most teenagers is going to be fast food. I think they, at one point they said something like half of the high school graduates in the U.S. had worked for McDonald's at one point wow. or another. I don't think it's that way anymore. I don't think the percentage is that high. See, as many adults usually work in some place like that as you do kids anymore, but that's still one of the first jobs for a kid is fast food. You know, there's an ice cream place on the way home from work as well as a, a McDonald's, and I periodically stop and get myself a delicious Silky's ice cream on the way home, and there's a bunch of kids that work in the ice cream place. But McDonald's, every time I've stopped there, it's always adults. I've never seen a teenager yeah. working at McDonald's. Sarah? Yeah, had- well, uh, you know, and the, the thing is today there's more adults than there is kids anymore, and I'm a baby boomer, so when I was a kid, we ruled. We dominated everything because there were so many of us. And now it's kind of holding up the same thing as we get older, you know, so... The numbers have changed, the percentages have changed, and the businesses have changed. Um, and probably in, within the next, you know, generation, there probably won't be hardly anybody working at places like McDonald's and stuff because you'll just order everything on your phone and drive up and pick it up. You know, that's the way the world seems to be going. So, Man, driving up to get your food is for chumps. I want the drones to bring it right to me. There you go. There you go. That works, too. So, um, be honest here. If you went to a McDonald's right now, and you walk in, and you look around, and you see that there's a couple, I don't know, 15, 16-year-old kids there at the cash register, and you kind of look back into the kitchen, and it looks like it's all 15, 16-year-old kids, would you be somewhat uncomfortable with the food and, and be worried about them fooling around and causing trouble, or would that not bother you at all? Uh, that that wouldn't bother me. As long as you treat them nice, they'll treat you nice. Yeah, I just to me it would be so unusual to see something like that. I, I guess it ne- <laughs> wouldn't necessarily bother well, me. There's always adults, or even when I worked there, there was always adults. I don't remember if I got paid any extra at all, but I was an assistant manager. You know, I got the little paper hat that said <laughs> manager on it, which. It really didn't mean anything except that I got yelled at if something went wrong. But there was always at least one male adult there in the office, the the real manager, where I worked there in Peru. Once school got out, they had an off-duty policeman that always worked there, too. And a lot of times they were back working with us. They weren't just sitting around with their police uniform on. They, They were working, but they were there in case there was problems of one kind or another. So there were adults around. If I ever went into a place and it was there was nobody but fifteen year olds, yeah, I might I might reconsider buying <laughs> buying food there, but uh I don't go in McDonalds anyway, so that's not a problem. Thanks, Ron. That's that's fascinating. Uh, I mean, um, it, it just feels so different than um what's available and, and the experience. I, I will tell you though, you missed my best job. Okay, let's hear about it. <laughs> One summer I got hired Oh, gosh, I, this was after Burger Chef, so I had to be at least 16. 
At least 16, uh, he says. I got hired by a farmer that lived out at the edge of Peru. The guy had planted 3,000 black walnut trees. Wow. And he'd done it for his grandkids, basically. That's a lot of trees. They take 60 or 70 years to mature, and then they're worth a whole lot of money, you know, as lumber. He had planted these trees and then had not done anything at all to them for like five or six years. So the trees were two, three feet tall, and the weeds in this field were like six feet tall. <laughs> okay. And uh, this guy hired one of my friends and I to come out there with, this was before there were string trimmers. We just had the old, you know, the golf club type, you know, the ones you swing back and forth. And we were supposed to chop down all the weeds around these walnut trees. And you couldn't even see the trees. So about every third swing, you'd end up chopping one of the trees off. It was probably 20 acres, I suppose, of, of farmland, you know, that he had planted these on. And there were snakes and and possums and raccoons and you name it. You couldn't take three steps without something jumping up and running away. So, it, you know, we were terrified half the day. And, of course, it was the middle of summer and it was 100 degrees out and we worked at it for about three weeks until we both got poison ivy real bad. And, and until I realized that we had already cut down like half of his walnut tree. <laughs> and we kind of got fired from that job. Uh, but it was it was a mutual parting of ways. But that's probably about the most interesting one I had. That was a crazy, crazy thing. Did you get paid before you got let go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got paid. And actually, he paid us pretty good. I don't remember what it was, but I remember I only did it because it seemed to be a lot of money, and, you know, that's one of the lessons you learn. Is if it sounds too good to be true, you know, probably is. <laughs> so, yeah, a healthy dose of poison ivy, and I don't think I, I didn't get, ever get bit by a snake or anything, but I think I got stung by bees a couple of times and had about 5,000 mosquito bites on me. But uh, uh, that was an interesting one, and I did see here about, Oh, it's been 30 years ago now. They finally gave up, and they, they plowed it all under and just went back to farming it. <laughs> they hadn't taken care of anything. So the trees never got even big, even after 30 years? Well, no, it wouldn't have been. That wouldn't have been after 30 years. That would have been... Nah, that would have been... 20 years? I mean, 20 15, years. 15, but, 20? Uh, you know, I've got 30-year-old I've got black walnut trees that are still not much bigger around than my leg, but takes a while and if you don't keep them trimmed and stuff then they get forks in them and then the lumber's no good and yeah so hmm. they must have just given up finally and moved on anyway that's that's about it after that it's all the normal adult stuff by the time i got to high school of course i was a musician i made i made good money as a musician when I was a kid, but really, once I graduated high school, it was factories and then eventually elephant ears. So there you go. Wait, so in high school you made money as a musician? Oh yeah, I was in the musicians union when I was thirteen. So I I'd work on a weekend. Like say I I could make forty bucks a week working forty hours at Burger Chef, and then if I had a a weekend gig of some kind to play. Usually I'd make thirty, thirty-five dollars for playing two or three hours on a Saturday night. So yeah, it was good money. <laughs> so huh. I, I did that. Let's see what else did I do. I well, I worked making boilers when I first got out of high school. That's the factory job I you had. I worked at a place that made furniture for a while. They made Johnny Carson's desk. We got to pack up Johnny Carson's desk for the Tonight Show. So you actually had a hand in making that? Well, I didn't make it. I, I worked in the loading dock, so, so we Sarah, boxed it up and put it on the truck. <laughs> Sarah, do you know who Johnny Carson is? Nope. David Letterman? No. no? Uh, do you Mainstream. know who Jimmy Fallon is? I know who Jimmy Fallon okay, is. Okay, so, so David Letterman right. was the Jim, Jimmy Fallon of my time. And then Carson would have been the David Letterman of my Johnny uncle Ron's Carson time. Was the, he was the Tonight Show long before Jimmy Fallon. There wouldn't be any Jimmy Fallon if there hadn't been Johnny Carson. That's but, who that uh, was. So we anyway we loaded his desk up. 
I moved on from that job and worked at a place that made fuse boxes for cars. And then I got a job in highway construction. I helped build US 31 out here, just not too far from where we live now. And then it was Elephant Airs. Didn't you sell cars at one point? Yeah, yeah, that was back in the late 80s. Yeah, I, I, I used to, in the wintertime when we weren't doing Elephant Airs, there was a friend of ours that he was the manager of a parts department, you know, at one of the car dealers. And I'd go work for him every winter and help him do inventory and spend three or four months selling car parts. And uh, then one year I, I got a job selling cars, and I enjoyed doing that too. But at the time, I, I wasn't ready to give up elephant ears. So elephant ears was the main thing for 40 years, and and now I teach college classes. Is is Dixie That's available? Fine. Yes, she is. She's sitting right here petting a cat. I'll uh, turn it over to Dixie now. So here you go. Hi. Hey, Dixie. Hello. Do you remember what your first job was? You know, I grew up on a farm, and so I, you know, milked cows, worked in the garden. And one year, my sister, we had a pickle patch, and we had to pick pickles. Dixie, I don't, I don't think Sarah is going to understand when you're telling her that you pick pickles. You might have to explain that. You don't know how to pick pickles. You don't raise pickles. Do you mean cucumbers? Um, yeah, cucumbers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cucumbers, or I guess they're not pickles then. They're cucumbers. But there was a big, we had a big patch, and yeah, I don't know. You picked a bushel full, and there was a truck came around. Anyway, we got so much for picking pickles, for picking cucumbers. That wasn't on your property? That was somewhere else? No, that was on our property. Yeah. So was your dad paying you to pick them? Yep. As I thought it, I've really not really worked for, I mean, I worked my whole life, but not really for anybody else, hardly. There's a guy who had a horse farm not too far from here, and I, after school, would go and clean stalls and do stuff. Did that for a little while, not too long. So, Sarah, whenever I would visit my grandma and grandpa's house in Indiana, um, Uncle Ron and Aunt Dixie, there's a field between their house and my grandma and grandpa's house. It was just this field that would separate them. And my cousin Eli was about my age. He was maybe a little bit less than a year younger than I was. So, you know, I'd go over there and play at their house quite a bit. They had horses. My grandma and grandpa had this one horse called Sonny. It was this old horse that I think it was um, my grandma and grandpa's horse, but uh, Dixie always had a bunch of horses at her place. Um, Dixie, is that when you decided you wanted to have horses was because of this high school experience? No. I was a horse-crazy little kid. and I guess I had a pony for a while growing up, but my grandpa had ponies and, you know, went to grandpa's house and with the cousins we rode ponies and then... As when I got older, a teenager, I got my own horse, and you're either a horse-crazy little girl or I guess, so. <laughs> <laughs> so that horse that you had growing up, would I have ever even have seen that horse, or would it have died before I would have seen it? No, she died before, well, yeah, she was dead before you came along. Okay. Most of the horses I remember were your family's horses. They weren't my grandma and grandpa's horses. Yeah, oh yeah. So did you get paid to work on the farm? Did you get paid for milking cows, or was that just expected? No, that was just expected. I mean, that's how it is around that farm. You know, there's just stuff to do, and you just got to, everybody's got to help. I guess same way when my kids come home and my grandkids come, I always put them to work because there's always stuff to do. My mom always had a big garden in the summer, and when I was 15, I came out and worked for you and for Ron, working elephant ears with you guys. And in my mind, I remember part of my logic was, I can stay home and work for nothing, or I can go make some money. <laughs> yep, that's that's all. That's how it is, you know. Well, you probably did the same thing at your house, right? Your kids got work to do, and they got to help. <laughs> um, I get paid to do the dishes sometimes if I hand wash them for a few hours, or if I load the dishwasher, and I get paid to clean the kitchen counter because almost no one does that in our house. It's always messy, although right now it's pretty clean. 
Yeah, because mom didn't have work today, so she stayed home and cleaned, I think. Yeah. <laughs> There's not really a lot of regular jobs that you have to do that you get paid for, is there? Yeah. I also don't spend very much money. Well, no, I I go to the town center with my friends a lot, and I have a bunch of Starbucks gift cards because that's what we mainly go to is Starbucks. Because we just kind of walk around and drink our smoothies and all that. And I do a lot of pet sitting for some people I know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the main way you make yeah, money is pet sitting. That's pretty much all I do to get money. Except for like birthdays and stuff. Probably your primary source of income is, yeah. is your birthday. That and Christmas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's hard work to turn another year older, isn't it? <laughs> Dixie, that's probably work you and I would just as soon not have. <laughs> that's true. That's true. How old are is, is Sarah now? I'm 13. So you're not needing lots of money just yet, huh? Yeah, not really. So Dixie, I got it. Wait. Got a question for you. What what kinds of jobs do you think that teenagers have in your area? I mean, are you seeing teenagers doing work, or do you know of businesses that employ teenagers? Uh, fast food still employs teenagers, and obviously out on the concession stand circuit, we will take teenagers. But to be honest, a lot of teenagers don't feel a need to work anymore. I think their parents give them everything they want, and they don't really care to work. Yeah, speaking as a parent who gives Sarah most of what she wants, um, it's challenging to come up with meaningful work for them to do. Uh, there just isn't really yeah, a I, lot of that kind of work in our lives. Yeah, the world has changed. I mean, listen to the jobs that Ron had. I mean, you know, some of those things are just not there anymore. Yeah, or not available to teenagers. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Dixie, you can be honest. Did you think I worked hard when I worked for you as a teenager? Yeah, I, I thought you were you were a pretty good worker. Yeah, okay. Um, that was sort of lukewarm enthusiasm, Sarah. <laughs> no, no, you you were fine. And we've got some good teenagers now, but I tell you, we had a while there when we'd hired some teenagers and they were horrible. They'd be on their phones all the time and they didn't want to do anything. They So I've had some horrible teenagers and we've had some really good teenagers, so it just depends. Like I said, we just had a, a time there when we just had a, several bad ones, and they were just so bad, And but lately we've had several good ones. So, Sarah, I don't think you've ever heard me describe what I was doing when I was working for Dixie. You and Elephant Ears, Sarah? Isn't it the, like the fried bread? Yep, that's right. One of the main things we do is just be in the window when people would come up to buy elephant ears. So people would come up to buy them and then you'd give them their elephant ear and take their money and give them change. Oh yeah, and you told me that story of the one time that you like fried a quarter and then it was like super hot and then you threw it on the ground so that you would see somebody pick it up and then a little kid came and picked it up and it like starts screaming. I think you may be confusing me with Kendra. Kendra, yeah. It was... Yeah, I I heard that story from someone. Because as Dixie can attest, Eli and I would never do that kind of shenanigan, would we? <laughs> that totally doesn't sound like two teenage boys. Certainly not. The story you're thinking of is from Kendra. I'm innocent of that one. Yeah, I can't imagine the quarter being that hot, but I don't, I don't know. If you throw in a deep fryer, Dixie, you could probably heat that up pretty good. Well, that's true. I don't know what it would be doing in there, but... Um, I think it would be in there if you put it in there. I think that's how that happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would... I mean, that was one of the main things I'd do is just sell, you know, be at the window, and, and you'd put butter on them with a little brush. You'd butter them up, and then you'd sprinkle the cinnamon sugar, grab like a wax-coated uh, wrap kind of holder thing, and then you'd hand it to the person. So when we're really going hard, when you'd have a big long line of people then it would actually take two or even three or sometimes even four people in the front just to butter up the elephant ears and put the cinnamon sugar on them and make change as quick as you could. So you could you could stand there for an hour and a half, two hours, just as quick as you could, um, slathering butter and sprinkling sugar and moving them forward so that they could be sold when I was 16 and 17. Um, I could 
handle the tongs and swirl around the dough and the fryers and flip them. And then at some point you could actually learn how to make, like you'd grab the balls of dough and stretch them out and put them in the fryer. I never was particularly fast at that. So when we were going slow, I could do that. But if we really started going quick, I just couldn't do it quick enough. So I'd, I'd have to switch over to handling the tongs or helping in the front. But that's the main thing we did. I think at some point you'd help out making some dough or cleaning windows in the evenings and um, cleaning up paper plates and whatever around the area. But I'd say most of the time the teenagers are taking money and giving change. Does that sound right, Dixie? That sounds right. You need to learn to do that, Sarah. I've had teenagers that can't make change, even when it's just dollars, no quarters involved. Got to use Apple Pay. <laughs> just well, yeah. That's true, but sometimes you got to actually make actual change. And I can do that pretty quickly. You know, I can't remember what the context of this was, but someone was telling me that the place they were working at was considering not taking physical money. Anyway, it, just interesting, though, here it was a, a business that was actually considering refusing to take actual cash because it was just too inconvenient for them. Too inconvenient, huh? Well... I mean, Ron swore we'd never take the the cards, but we do because that's what so many people do now. You know, you just use a card, you don't use actual money. But. The last time I went into a fast food place and they wouldn't take my phone, it was a very strange thing. I had to kind of fumble around, and fortunately I had a credit card with me, but you know, even paying with a credit card, it's like, wait a second, I, you're not, you can't just, I can't just wave my phone over this, I have to pull a piece of plastic out of my pocket? It was interesting. <laughs> so inconvenient. <laughs> so inconvenient. <laughs> Here's the thing. So the other day, I was with my friends, and we were at Town Center, and we were at Panera, and I was going to get a cheese bagel. And so it was a dollar fifty, and I had a dollar. So I asked my friends if I could borrow some change. I, all I needed was 50 cents. And so we pull out like or or ten. you needed or one third of what you needed, in other words, just to put it in proportions. Go ahead. Yeah. And so we needed ten so we got ten pennies, three nickels, and a quarter. I don't I don't know the exact amount. But it was something around that and it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the cashier was one of our neighbors. Oh yeah? So it took us like three minutes. To get that figured out, just like a dollar fifty, it was really embarrassing. Is that because you couldn't add it up to fifty cents, or because no, just because like we were all like, "Hey, can I just like have one more penny, Lexi?" Or Audie, I just need a nickel. You know, last time I paid for cash for something, which was last week at um at an event that Elizabeth and I were at, um, it was like a dollar fifty four or something or whatever it was, like a soda or something at at, a, at an event and. So I pull out $2 and um, the person, you know, gave me back two quarters and I'm like, well, I, I, I think like, you might've given me back a little too much. And they're like, nah, we don't care. I'm not sure why they were charging weird amounts like that. Um, but they just had this, I'm not kidding. They had a, a big bucket full of pennies sitting right there. So that was their solution to making sure the tax amounts and everything added up was they had their cashiers. Um, <laughs> just with a pile of pennies so that they could just make it right for everybody. That's a good, um, you know, good customer-focused solution. If we're, if we're going to have taxes that make it some weird number, um, we'll just pull it from this bucket of pennies. So. Well, I guess as well, long as somebody's willing to supply the pennies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, so what Sarah's saying is she's not used to using cash to buy things either. I don't think no, Sarah's used to buying things. I just didn't have, I just only had a dollar in quarters. She's learning how to mooch from her friends. It's a good skill yeah, to have, no, Sarah. I paid them back the next day, though. Sure, sure. I gave Audie <laughs> 45 cents and Lexi 5 cents. Sarah doesn't have credit card, of course, and I don't think she has any kind of Apple Pay or anything like that on her. Um, she doesn't have a cell phone, but her device. So, Dixie, do your grandkids, um, any of them, have jobs yet? They're all too young still, right? Yeah, they're too young. Uh, well, Haley's kids are getting older. They're in California now, but Andy doesn't want them to work. Yeah, it's a tough call. Last summer, Archer 
was interested in making money. That was his sophomore summer, uh, sophomore in high school. Oh, but he's getting old enough. Yeah, so he he wants to work this summer. He wants to get a job this summer. But last summer we went out to visit Elizabeth's parents, and then we did some um, we did some things. And then there were yeah you know, camps and and church stuff. And and honestly, I from an employer's perspective, I thought I wouldn't want to hire this kid. He's not going to be around very consistently. Um, he was interested. He actually went to a car wash place because he had heard that the kids there make pretty good money. But he didn't have his driver's license yet. So this year, that's one of the spots he's going to look at because apparently, um, just with tips, the uh, youth that work there make make pretty they make pretty decent money. Apparently, um, you know, because they're you know because they're young people and they wash the car, and then everyone who's had their car washed feels warm and fuzzy towards them and hands them twenty bucks or something. At least that's that's what he thinks will happen. Well, that's might. a pretty good tip. <laughs> I mean, we'll you know, like I said, that's it probably happens on occasion, but that's what he's hoping for. The one place around here that does hire a lot of a lot of teenagers is Six Flags, and our house. Mm-hmm. You, you drive from our house, uh, you can get to Six Flags in about well, if you're probably speeding, you probably get there in ten, but probably about twelve to fifteen minutes. And they hire a lot of kids, and they're extremely flexible with um, their schedules, just because just because they hire so many of them, and none of the kids can commit to being there every day so they just they've just had to deal with it and as a result they're pretty flexible so that that could be his fate too this summer we'll see you know it's i feel like it's really important for kids to learn how to work so many kids today don't and they don't have any chores and they don't work and i just feel like it's it's important you know our kids had a built-in job cuz they had elephant ears and so they grew up working but you know my girls bought their own horses and they understood what money was worth because they went out and earned it so I felt like it was really you know it's really good thing for them so having a job is an important important life lesson I guess yeah I agree the thing that tempers my insistence on um you know teenage work being a critical life skill is that many of the people that I work with tell me they never had jobs as kids that their first job was after college or their first job was in college and these are people that are putting in plenty of hours and and working really hard and they're very focused and so they somehow manage to learn how to work really hard without working as kids so it it seems like it's possible i don't know though it, it does feel to me like it's a lot of value for kids to work too it's just I'm, i i try and reconcile what people tell me that oh i never worked as a kid and you know, they're there plenty of long hours at work, so I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think that they should work during the school time, so it takes away from school. It's not that school is important, but, uh, I mean, I guess I know some lazy people. But to me, <laughs> so they learned I. how to work. Yes. And, you know, if they can get somebody else to do something for them, they will. And I, I don't think it's a good, I just feel like it's just an important life lesson that you learn how to work and, Maybe if they don't have a job, but if they're, you know, at least they're out in the garden or doing something or other, that's... Yeah, I think so, too. You feel good about yourself when you're able to earn something and accomplish things. Yeah. It's also, it's the I want, I want, why can't I have it, until you work and you realize how long you had to work to earn enough money to get it. And then your perspective changes a little bit. So I think that's that's a good life lesson, too. Yeah, my daughter Ava wanted to go on a study abroad program, perhaps to Ireland or to Mongolia or somewhere, and it's, of course, a lot of money. And um, my attitude towards that is, sure, save up the money and and you can go. Um, my wife's very concerned about the idea for traveling internationally and, and not being right safe. Right now, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you know, this wouldn't be this summer. It would be, it'd be in a summer or two from now. She's She's 15 now, so it'd be... You know, by then this should have hopefully passed. The three percent of the world will have died, and and will have moved on. Um, hopefully, I'm joking there. But my thought is, if you can learn how to save up, however many thousands of dollars it is to go on this trip, I think you'll be okay when you go. Yeah, you know what? I'm. A, I mean, I don't know how much it is, and she may not be able to earn it all. But if she can't make any effort to earn any of it and save for herself, then she doesn't care that much about it. Yep, that's another way to think about it too. 
my wife's concerns are primarily around her safety, but again, my thought is if she could make the money, she'll be, if she can get that figured out or even half of it, um, then I think she'll be responsible enough to go. Um, but I'm honestly a little dubious that she will. So it probably won't be an issue. <laughs> well, and you know what? Sometimes it's good to have a goal too. You have something you really want, and so you have a reason to work, a reason to work hard and a reason to find a job. And, you know, so that's that's another good thing, too, to work toward a goal. Sarah, what are your goals for, do you have anything you, that you're trying to save up for right now? Not really. Yeah, so there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Dixie. Sarah's not extremely concerned about getting a job just yet because she doesn't have anything she really needs to buy just yet, but I bet in a couple of years well, that'll change. Yeah, I suppose... That will change in a few years, yeah. Yeah, I suppose eventually I might want to get, like, a phone or a new iPad, like one that actually has, like, a good camera and I can... Not not like the first generation one that you've got now. Yeah. <laughs> you can have one of those if you can buy it, so that's that could be a good goal. Okay. Yes, and then it... You know, then you go out for more of those pet sitting jobs or whatever so you can get what you want. Well, Dixie, thanks for talking with us. And can you tell Ron thanks as well? I will do that. All right, well, I'll... Thanks for talking. Okay, we'll talk to you later, Dixie. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Now, it's time for the Golden Chair Award. This award is given each week by my mom, Elizabeth Lamb, to a person that was really helpful, truly caring, or made her happy. The winner gets to sit with us in the golden chair at our big table for that week, or at least until the next award is given. Even if you don't win the golden chair, there are plenty of seats with us at our big table, and you're always welcome to join us. All right, Elizabeth, so what's been going on this week? So this week we had a few unplanned and some planned things that went on. I will start off by saying that our school superintendent, Dr. Miles, is not receiving an award, given that we could have had two snow days, but he decided that we were more than able to get to school, which I dispute since my first mention in the Golden Chair Award is our Car Insurance USAA Roadside Assistance. As I had to contact them, I managed to get my car stuck in a precarious position halfway up a steep hill on a narrow one-lane windy road with a ravine down one side of it. I was not able to back my car down any further. So our car insurance came through for us and a tow truck arrived in about 20 minutes after I called them. So my second mention in this Golden Chair Award group is the company Big Boy Towing um, located in Wildwood. The man who came out was very kind and helpful and was able to get my car down the hill you know, without us going off the edge down into the ravine. Yeah, so let me tell a little bit about how I remember this incident. So I was asleep in bed. Oh, we don't need to go into this, do we? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. I was asleep in bed, and I got a phone call from Elizabeth saying, help, 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 or something to that effect anyway. And Yeah, that's accurate. Apparently, she had gone to take care of a cat. Dog. Or no, dog. Yeah, take care of a dog for... It's uh, always a dog. Well, yeah, I think it was one of Sarah's friends... They're watching this dog while the friends are out of town. And the um, snow had been coming down pretty good, so there was snow and slush. And in fact, the night before, the road's been pretty bad. There's two ways to get to this house. One is to take the long way around, which doesn't have a lot of steep hills. And the more direct way, which is a lot quicker, uh, you go down a really steep hill, and then you go up a really steep hill. And going up that steep hill, you like just couldn't keep going up, right? We, yep. Halfway up, the car decided it couldn't go any further, didn't have enough traction. And then you tried to back down, but couldn't that, do that easily either because no. you're slipping. Yep. Yeah. I got in my other car and 
realized as I was driving that direction that it would be foolish of me to attempt to go down the first hill, let alone try and go up the second hill. So I walked over there and the car was really close to the edge at kind of an angle. And so there wasn't an easy way of turning it without going off the edge of the road, which would have, um, I mean, if you go off the road right there, it's possible the car could tumble down a really steep hill. So the bottom of the ravine. Yeah. And I had to actually go into Maryville and teach that morning. So I'm teaching an evolution lab. So I had to, had to be leaving right then. So I couldn't stay around and I don't know, dig out the car or put snow salt down or something else like that. So we walked back to where I'd parked my car, drove back to the house and Elizabeth called the tow company and then they came and they actually didn't tow it though, right? No, the man who came was able to get the car unstuck and then was able to back it down the hill. Skillfully. Very skillfully. Interestingly enough, he had the car in drive which allowed us to slide down the hill, but using the parking brake to prevent us from going too fast. When you're a pro, you know tricks like that. I think the main thing was he was, had to go forward a little bit in order to be able to um, not... Yeah, get be, back safely onto the yeah, road. Yeah, because the car was at such an angle, and he uh, just dug out, the, dug out the snow and put some stuff down or something in front of the tires, right? No, he just dug out the tires. Granted, by then, it was starting to melt a bit. Yeah, okay. It was not something I could have done myself. Okay. The way I remember that was I'd been responsibly told the the night before to not go to seminary because the roads were going to be icy. Hmm. That was good. That was good instructions, Archer. Yeah. Don't go anywhere because the roads are going to be icy, especially not with the car. So anyways. And certainly we would probably be given a snow day given the bad conditions of of the roads. Yeah, the roads were actually pretty bad that morning. And what's frustrating is that earlier in the week, they had a snow day. Or was that the week before? It was the week before. Yeah, for nothing. Nothing at all happened. I think Uh-oh. we talked about it that last week. Day a storm that and... was supposed to arrive, but didn't come until much, much later than they had anticipated. Yeah, so. yeah that was the day I did not go to Magic the Gathering. There yeah. was a special event, and I was quite sad. Right, and then um, the roads got bad like late at night when it got cold, but... They're totally fine during the day when school was in session. So, anyways, <laughs> so I had zero hour that morning, which is you show up to school nice and early, and I was not able to go, of course. And everything ended up being fine, but it was just like, hmm, interesting. The day well, did not go according to no, plan. Not at all. Not even close to going according to plan. Well, I got into Maryville on time and was able to teach my class, so it went okay for me, I guess. Congratulations, Yeah. All right, so I need to give a shout-out to the hospital staff at St. Mary's Hospital for taking care of my sister Meredith, who ended up there quite uncomfortably with kidney stones. Thank you for everybody who's able to help her and take care of her, try to help her get better. And this last weekend... um, My parents came out to visit us and to visit Meredith's family. And because Meredith was feeling really poorly, we took her kids to the Science Museum, which was a lot of fun. And while we were there, at one point, of course, we needed to buy food for the children because they were small. And of course, as soon as we walked in the door of the museum, they smelled the popcorn and claimed that they were hungry. And I reminded them that they had been eating lunch 10 minutes ago when we left their house. But after putting that off for about two hours, we did finally need to buy them food. But our timing was poor, and most of the cafes were closing for the day. That is unfortunate, yeah. Yes, so here I have three hungry children. I myself was hungry, and the cashier at the Science Museum Cafe, she pointed out that there was a, a little stand that they sold pretzels and popcorn, and kind of mournfully I said, but... They don't have turkey deli wraps like you do. And even though they had almost closed everything up, she said, well, I can get that for you. So she got me a sandwich. She got us food, even though they were supposed to be closed. So thank you for great customer service. How really appreciate wonderful. that. Yep. Well, this week's Golden Chair Award go to my parents, Marcia and Delray Mon. Thank you for coming out this weekend to spend time with us to uh, visit with our children. Thank you for presents that you brought, for meals that you treated us to. 
It was always great having you with us. So Marsha and Delray, come have a seat on our golden chairs at our big table. Yeah, come on back from Idaho. That's have, right. You can come back and you can sit in our golden chairs for the week. What yep. do you mean? They're right here. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. And congratulations to Marsha and Delray for being this week's golden chair winners. You said they gave presents? Well, they brought me a hat. Ah. And I'm trying to remember what else they brought. I thought they brought a few things. Did they, did they also bring you fabric? No, they didn't bring fabric this time. That's okay. So if you want to win the Golden Chair Award... Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, interesting. They brought you something. They mostly came out and spent time with oh, us. Oh, of course. Okay, okay. Um, we have a group chat with everyone that I work with, and our assistant manager, Kathy... Sends out a joke every morning. Yeah, that's right. Because I often wake up to you laughing to that joke. Yeah. No, no, actually, that's not right. I don't wake, wake up to up that. To I wake up to your phone buzzing going, bzz, over bzz, and over bzz, and over. Bzz, 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 bzz. As everybody weighs in on the joke of the day. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so the joke she told yesterday was, "What do you call a cow with only two legs?" I know. Lean beef. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a cow with no legs patty ground beef ground beef ground oh yeah beef. you've heard the knock knock joke that goes knock knock who's there interrupting cow interrupting <laughs> yes i know that one. yeah i think everybody what do you knows call that? a cow with four legs i don't know a cow a normal cow yeah hmm. so what does charles dickens keep in his spice rack he has the best of time and the worst of time. <laughs> I think that was today's joke. I liked that one. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Dickens jokes. Awesome. That's yep. the kind of highbrow humor I expect from an education establishment like the uh, middle school cafeteria. cafeteria. <laughs> None of this cows with no legs humor. That's, that's beneath us.